0: The Ontario election campaign kicks off today, but come election day, I will not be voting for the PC party. I'll tell you why, it's May 9th. I'm David Menzies and this is the Ezra Levent Show. Why should others go to jail when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. You come here once a year with a sign, and you feel morally superior. The only thing I have to say to the government for why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. I'm David Menzies, in for Ezra Levant tonight. Well, say hello to Doug Ford, Ontario's new and improved free speech champion. Oh, it's true. It's true. The Ontario Progressive Conservative leader says that if he becomes premier, he'll tie post-secondary funding to free speech. And as casual viewers of our Campus on Mass segments know full well, free speech is increasingly under attack on campus by censor-happy leftist loonies. Now, Ford's pledge is a boon for free speech advocates, to be sure. Just think of Wilfred Laurier T.A. Lindsay Shepard, who dared to show a clip of Jordan Peterson to her students. That's all it took for the faculty to attempt to crucify her upon the altar of political correctness. And while universities seem immune to criticism, They do care very deeply about that almighty buck. So the threat of cutting provincial funding will indeed get their attention. So three cheers for Doug Ford, a free speech crusader at last. But wait a second, is this not the very same Doug Ford who, just a few days prior to his new incarnation as a free speech advocate, politically assassinated his own kingmaker for once upon a time exercising her free speech yes i speak of tanya granick Allen, a woman whose supporters put ford over the top at the pc leadership convention in march by the slimmest of margins without tanya and her supporters this party would now be headed up by christine elliott tanya of course is a social conservative who has voiced her opposition to gay marriage and the Ontario sex ed curriculum And when the media party trained their sights on Tanya for making comments in the past that they they deemed to be homophobic and Islamophobic, well, Doug was faced with a choice. He could stand up to the criticism or he could capitulate. And what did Mr. Free Speech do? Well, (laughs) think of what happens to a cheap lawn chair when someone who's circus fat decides to take a seat. Tanya was cast aside like a leper, merely for voicing a contrarian opinion. And in a news release, Doug Free Speech Ford had this to say. The progressive conservatives are, quote, a party comprised of people with diverse views that, if expressed responsibly, we would respect, end quote. Oh, really? So when, or oh, when will Mr. Ford turf the PC candidate for Carlton, Goldie Gamerey? Gameri has allegedly gone by the alias the Persian cat in the past. She's a recent convert to conservatism, being a lifelong liberal supporter, so much so that she once labeled Stephen Harper as a national embarrassment. Oh, but wait, there's more. How about this polecat who has written on social media that Christianity is gay and that Jesus is worm food? Are those diverse views the kind that you respect, Doug, that Christianity is gay and that Jesus is worm food? If those aren't views that you respect, then why was Granick Allen thrown under the big blue PC bus while the odious Persian cat is embraced? Look, I'm not saying that Granick Allen phrased her opinions in the best way possible, but how can the PC party give Gamera a pass under their diverse views logic? And now Doug Ford reinvents himself as a free speech champion? Oh, come on, give me a break. And how do we even know he'll make good on this free speech promise as opposed to capitulating to the elites and the media party? Remember how Doug told us he was all about grassroots nominations only to appoint 11 candidates, some of them hardcore liberals, some of them being appointed for no other reason than nepotism? Just like Doug promised he'd develop a portion of the green belt only to do such a stunning backflip on that pledge it would make a Cirque du Soleil performer green with envy. Quite frankly, I'm experiencing Ford fatigue. I thought Doug was the new champion of Ford Nation, not the boy who cried wolf. Now Ford's apologists will say that he's essentially being held captive by advisors who are acolytes for Christine Elliott and Princess Caroline and even the disgraceful backstabbing weakling that was Patrick Brown. So the question arises, is Ford frustrated by his own handlers or is he experiencing Stockholm Syndrome? Methinks it's high time for Doug Ford to stop being Patty Hearst and to start espousing the philosophy of President Truman, you know, the buck stops here. You are the leader of the PC party, Mr. Ford, albeit by the grace of Tanya Granick ellen who you so cruelly jettisoned last weekend. Can you not rid yourself of your insidious inner circle? After all, your real supporters, the province's beleaguered taxpayers, want Ford Nation, not dug in the Slugs. Personally speaking, until I see Tanya Granik-Allen reinstated, I'm done with this hijacking of Ford Nation. I wonder how many other PC supporters feel the same way. The PCs should be cruising to victory right now. Instead, I fear they have opened up the door for the NDP to win by way of default. Am I and other conservatives cutting off our noses in spite of our faces by withdrawing our support? Well, perhaps, but I think of a 1987 film with a very forgettable forgettable plot, but a incredibly memorable title, Death Before Dishonor. Imagine that, honor being so important to someone that even death is preferable to losing face. But with the Ford PCs these days, it's not death that makes them blink. It's merely the specter of bad publicity from the liberal elitists and the media party. How odd, a few weeks ago, Premier Kathleen Wynne, in a move that smacked of political desperation, compared Doug Ford to Donald Trump. Oh, if only! It has been estimated that about 90% of media coverage regarding President Trump has been negative, and yet his popularity continues to increase. You think Trump cares about the nattering nabobs of negativity? Not when new jobs are being created every day and the unemployment rate continues to plummet. Doug Ford is no Donald Trump. In fact, Doug Ford isn't Rob Ford. Someone who would have had nothing to do with this ongoing betrayal of Ford Nation. Come June 7th, looks like I'll be declining my ballot. And really, what other choice do I have? Well, there you have it, folks. The reasons why, as it stands now, I just can't vote for the PC party on June 7th. I just can't. But most Conservatives in Ontario feel anybody but win is indeed the approach to go. And joining me now to, I guess, try to change my mind is Catherine Swift, a representative for Working Canadians. Welcome to the show, Catherine. Thank you, David. Well, you heard what I had to say, um, uh, you know, I am a big booster of Ford Nation, I've been a big backer of the Fords, but I'm sorry Catherine, I've seen one promise after another uh, broken even before Doug Ford gets into office, and then I saw quite frankly the betrayal of the woman Tanya granik Allen, that put him in the office, without her it's Christine Elliott who is the leader of the PC party i just I just can't support a party that's doing these kind of backflips even before it gets elected.
1: I, under, I understand what you're saying for sure. Uh, I guess I've been in. <laughs> been <laughs> in this sort of uh, small p political business they're so not not so much partisan as, as public policy and whatnot for many decades now and frankly we all have to compromise unfortunately and i think it's a matter of sort of looking at the ledger what where's the cost where's the benefits you know where's the positives where's the negatives i think um there's no question for has made his mistakes uh, uh I, I guess at this stage of the game however Frankly, David, I would vote for my dog before I would vote for either Wynne or Horvath. Uh, I I just feel at least my dog would do no harm. Uh, And both of them with their platforms, um, uh, it, it kills me how the Liberals and the NDP and not just in Ontario, as we know, they have all these ideas about how to redistribute wealth. They haven't a clue how to generate it in the first place, and of course, the Ontario Liberal and NDP platforms are full of, you know, that kind of philosophy. But so I, I mean, it's a, it, it, there's no question there. There have been back there's been backtracking. And so on. I think part of it is Ford's personality. He is a bull in a china shop, uh, and maybe the bull needs a few smacks upside the head to make him realize he can't just wing it off, uh, you know, off the cuff. In the case of uh, Tana Granic, uh, Tanya Grannick Allen, um, I, I think that, that maybe they should have done more work. She did. She did. She did say some pretty, uh, you know, appalling things a number of years ago. And these days, as you know, something you said 20 years ago can easily come back to haunt you. Given the technology and everything else. So um, I guess my question is maybe she shouldn't have been a candidate in the first place, not given the, uh, you know, appointed as the nominee and then later uh, had to retrench that decision.
0: But, you know, Catherine, you raised an interesting point. When it comes to the vetting of candidates, how far back do we go? I mean, for goodness sakes, do we go back to somebody's comments in a yearbook, uh, for example? And 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 that's not really an abstract example. Uh, people were pointing out what was in Bill Mourneau's yearbook uh, yes. <laughs> commentary. And I'm no Bill Mourneau fan, but I wouldn't hold that again. I mean, come on, we were all goofs in high school. And so the idea that you said something 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago and Perhaps even in jest and perhaps even being an entertaining broadcaster if you will in the case of uh, Andrew Lawton are, are, are you supposed to wear that forever and that you know kills your political career before it even begins?
1: Well, it's a very good question and it's true it, it isn't fair but as we know life isn't fair uh, and also as we well know conservatives are held to a way higher standard than mm. liberals ever have been and we've seen all kinds of appalling behavior over the years we, lately it's the whole Me Too movement and we've seen people in every party nailed with that and yet it seems when it happens to be a conservative it occupies the headlines for a lot longer than even more egregious acts committed by say liberals or ndp or whoever so it isn't fair uh but it does seem to be the way of the world and if you want to be elected in this day and age i think you have to be careful i'm sure andrew lawton's coming out relatively recently was a preemptive strike because he undoubtedly realized there was some stuff on the record he that that wouldn't necessarily you know look too good but uh, yeah it's not fair it's not fair, David, but uh, again, uh, in our world where we all get nitpicked to death uh, for every little s- perceived slight, even if it isn't really a slight, um, I-, I just think if you want to be in public office, you got to play by the wacky rules that are there.
0: <laughs> but, you know, and speaking of Andrew Lawton, uh, Catherine, I mean... Uh, Andrew Lon's a good man. I I, I consider him a friend. Um, uh, He used to be with Rebel Media. And yet, uh, I think, in a way, it was a disservice what he did when he was basically putting a, a blanket condemnation on comments he made over an eight-year period, subscribing it to the mental illness struggles that he was going through, which were legitimate, by the way. But it's, it was almost like he's giving a gift to the opposition and the media party that, hey, if you have conservative values, you know what? Uh, these are symptoms of mental illness.
1: Well, frankly, given the importance of the whole mel- mental illness issue and the priority it's been deservedly given more recently than it has in the past and, and uh, uh, by all political parties, um, I think they'd have a real hard time doing that uh, because they would look like hypocrites. On the one hand, saying you shouldn't be ashamed of, of having a, a bout of mental illness. On the other hand, saying it's despicable if you do. So, But again, this is the world we live in and, and we can deny it. We can say it's unfair. And it is. But to pretend it doesn't exist is foolishness. And again, as a conservative, you've got to know, you're, the microscope is gonna be focused on you much more closely. Uh, and I think in Doug Ford's case, I mean, what I hope, because I do believe personally, and I haven't always voted conservative, just for the record, I've, I've been uh, in a few different places over, over the years. But I do believe under the current circumstances that the Conservative Party is the best choice for Ontario. Uh, it's not just a Doug Ford party, let's not forget about that. Christine Elliott is the candidate in my riding, actually, and I've been out canvassing with Christine a few times in the last couple of weeks. And she's a solid, pragmatic, very lovely lady, um, has a lot of good policy ideas. So I I think, again, that, you know, people looking at this uh, shouldn't just see it as the Doug Ford show. They should see it as a bunch of fairly, you know, a bunch of quite experienced people and some newbies as well, naturally, uh, who have a pretty decent track record in opposition and deserve to be given a chance in government. And I mean, I don't know who you're gonna vote for, David. If you say you don't think you can vote for the Conservatives, uh, is there some, is there a rhino party running in Ontario? I'm not aware
0: of that. <laughs> well, for the, se- <laughs> the for the second time in my life, I might have to indeed decline my ballot. But you know, I don't think I'm the, you know, the statistical anomaly just today, Catherine. An Ipsos poll came out and get a load of this. 74% of Ontarians say they wish there were different party leaders than the ones currently on the ballot. What does that tell you?
1: Well, (laughs) I've said for some time, and and by no means just pertaining to uh, Ontario, where are the leaders in politics around the world? Uh, I see the US, uh, Obama was a fiasco. I'm not a Trump fan, although his tax reduction policy, I think will bear fruit for the US. Around the world, we look at uh, Mr. Thug Putin uh, electing himself Frankly, for his fourth term, uh, we see weak uh, or tyrannical or both uh, leaders in so many places. And this is, uh, you know, our political leaders are super important. I mean, our national leader is, is a laughing, laughingstock in many, many ways here in Canada. And, and it's, it's a great question. I don't know the answer to it, but why aren't really quality people coming out for politics in, in so many, you know, so many situations?
0: Uh, maybe it just seems, uh, perhaps it's the uh, the attacks they face by the media party, especially in this day and age where um, your past, every element of your past is being dredged up and you're being crucified on it. One last question, Catherine. The, the whole, whether we're talking about Doug Ford or the Progressive Conservative Party in general, there's been so many flip-flops. Uh, you know, uh, Doug flip-flopped on partial development of the Greenbelt issue. He promised grassroots nominations. He did 11 appointees. Um, and some of those appointees out of nepotism and some of those empo- appointees, hardcore liberals. Uh, then he got rid of Tanya Granik out and so on and so forth. I just think that uh, you are uh, of course a fiscal conservative but how can one believe they're going to go through with the fiscal promises if this is the track record? I harken back to uh, Paul Martin who was a pretty good finance minister but once he became prime minister his flip-flopping Earned him the nickname Mr. Dithers, and once you have that as a nickname, it's over.
1: Uh, time will tell. Obviously, uh, my crystal ball is no clearer than anyone else's, uh, and um, I, I. But I, I tend to try to look at facts and the facts would suggest to me that a re-election of this Liberal government would be a total fiasco for the province in every respect fiscally uh, socially and 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 uh, humanly because people are not thriving under the Liberal government by a long stretch except for liberal insiders naturally um, and and when I look at that NDP platform and think of other NDP governments over the years in Canada I, I can't go that way either so I, I think again you're right nobody's perfect there are flip-flops unfortunately I think it's it's a rare uh, person in politics that has zero flip-flops. I certainly can't think of any, but naturally, you you would try to strive for that. Um, again, I don't know how we can do any worse. My dog isn't running at the moment, uh, <laughs> although I've tried to encourage her, uh, and um, and so uh, it's it's a it's a best option among. A number of imperfect ones and some horrific ones. <laughs> well,
0: well, Catherine, we'll have to wrap it there. For now, I kind of get a vibe of 1990. Uh, as you know, that's when the NDP went up the middle and formed the government. And to this day, I still haven't met one person who admits to voting for the NDP in 1990. And neither have I. <laughs> but thank you so much for weighing in. Much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. And folks, after the break, Joe Warmington, the Scrawler from the Toronto Sun, he drops by to take on the fake Conservatives who are weaseling their way into this PC party. Stay tuned. Welcome back. I'm David Menzies in for Ezra Levent. Well, it's been an exciting lead up to the Ontario election, especially for the PC party. But with all the drama, I'm not so sure with some of the candidates who got through. uh, Take Meredith Cartwright, for example. She's the candidate that was appointed for Toronto Centre. But hang on a second. Let's rewind to 2007, where she ran against Bob Ray for Liberal candidate in Toronto Centre. Well, Cartwright made news for all the wrong reasons when it came out that she actually hired actors to rally at the Ontario Leaders' Debate on Monday. But there's more to Cartwright's past than that. And joining me now to discuss this is Toronto Sun columnist Joe Warmington the Scrawler. Joe,
2: um. Ezra. Oh, oh wait. wait. <laughs> if only. Yeah. If they told me Menzoid was doing a show, I wouldn't have come. But. Story of my you life. Know, I'm you know, here.
0: as you know, Joe, uh, you've been covering the election, uh, the, uh, the leadership campaigns and as it, we go into the interior election now. Doug Ford has said time and time and time again that unlike the dark Patrick Brown days, uh, we would be holding to grassroots nominations. And then last month he did 11 appointees. I think that was the insult. The insult to injury is that some of those appointees are there, as far as I can tell, by way of nepotism, and some are hardcore liberals that make absolutely no sense that they're on the PC ballot. Meredith Cartwright is Exhibit A. What is she doing running as a PC candidate, Joe? Well,
2: she showed what she's doing. She did her first dirty trick, if you will. Uh, Whether it was on purpose or not, I mean, you know, you couldn't pay someone to do something more damning to a Mm -hmm. campaign than to go and hire people and pretend, you know, make sure everyone knows nudge, nudge, wink, wink. This is a secret, but here it is out on social media. Um, so that's what she's there to do. And that's oh, what others wait, are there so to so do. So if Sabotage. I interpret
0: what you're saying, y- you think she's a fifth columnist then? Or?
2: Well, you know, I don't know whether she is or she isn't because, you know, we don't want to end up, she's a lawyer, I think, and she has lots of lawyer friends and we don't want to end up spending the rest of our days having to have that name rate coming in on your email, do you? But, no. but I will say this, that I did reach out to her and to hear her side of it. Yeah. And she can certainly come on the show with you. It'd be fun because she's running with Doug Ford, and and so. But but what I'm seeing so far is just either somebody that's so naive, or somebody that just uh, you know. I I I personally think someone behind it. I'm not saying her. Yeah. uh, Was playing a a really tricky game.
0: I did get to interview her outside the city TV studios on Monday, and I was astonished. Actually, you know, political partner. uh, You know, uh, political affiliation aside, um, how shallow this woman was. I mean, for example, she is a human rights lawyer. And I asked her her opinion on the human rights commissions and tribunals, and she said she had no opinion. And I liken that to a fisherman having no opinion about fish. She should fish.
2: get one of the actors to <laughs> prepare some lines. I would have had a better And then interview man. them about human rights. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what to say. Look, she shouldn't be there. Yep. This one's on Doug. And on Dean French, Corey tonight, people like that, they know better. And they're not fooling us that, you know, they, they, they knew that she wasn't a conservative. I mean, if only they would treat the conservatives as well as they're treating the, the liberals. You know, yeah. under Patrick Brown, it was like that. And under Doug Ford, it seems to be like that. And, you know, Tanya Granic Allen will back me up on that.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, um, before we get to Tanya, I mean, er, er, she has now, um, this is Cartwright, deleted her Twitter account, Joe, but not before we were able to save it. And it's very revealing. Here's a, here's one of her tweets from 2015. Prime Minister Stephen Harper never bugged me as much as bugged most of you until Ford Fest last night. So glad I never voted for him. So it's a knock against Stephen Harper and a knock against Ford. Then she, uh, tweets out, um, her support for Car- Caroline Mulroney and the PC leadership campaign. Right. So, in other words, the uh, one of the candidates that wanted Doug Ford's job. Right. And then um, there's various lefty well, there's tweets here, like uh, uh, she uh, retweeted a tweet from Hillary Clinton uh, ty- trying to paint Trump as a racist. But th- and, David, and she so has on.
2: she has tweets that go directly after Rob Ford, who is, you, know,
0: you pointed that out. yes. Yeah. yeah,
2: and so she called him, a, you know, a ball of goo and different things like that, but. You mentioned Carolyn Mulroney, because that's what the game is for yeah. some people. And I'm not saying for her, but for some people, is that they want Doug to fail in this election. They want a minority government situation. And then they want Carolyn Mulrooney to emerge as the leader. And that's what all this sort of fifth column stuff is. And I'm glad to report it. And it's not just me saying that. I did my own research on it. Yeah. I talked to some people, including right inside of Doug Ford's camp, and he's now aware of it. So watch out, guys, because he's on to you. And, uh, you saw a little bit of that. I know it's too late for you, Menzoid, uh, because th- that's how it is with you. Yep. I- I'm going to give him a little more time. Doug is a good man, and we'll give him a chance to kind of catch up to this. Don't forget, it's a daunting task to take over a mess of a party and yep. then go on this sort of, you're you're the face of it. You've got to run it, and you've got people that are kind of, Playing a double agent uh, game behind your back—it's—it's it's not easy for them.
0: You know, Joe, um, I—I'm on the same wavelength as you, and I know a lot of uh, detractors will say, "Oh, oh, here we go into conspiracyville." But I'm sorry—we saw how fast this party turned on Patrick Brown, and and
2: well, they're liberals. Know, it's yeah. the only way they can beat them. I mean, I don't blame the names I mentioned before. I mean, I don't believe that Corey and people like that are in on it, but they have to be smarter because the liberal people. Uh, that will do this, they have to do it. And so don't forget that what's happened here, if you look at that after the first debate, what happened was that all the support that would normally go to when went where? It went over to the NDP and Andrea Horwath. Yeah. Well, Andrea Horwath did nothing in that debate but try to get into the debate. Yeah. And yet everybody says that. So what the plan is, and you can roll this back later, the plan is is within seven to 10 days, they're going to drop another bombshell on Doug. It could be sooner, but in and around the sweet spot when they do it. And then they're hoping that that will be the knockout punch, and that support, you know, will be test driven on Andrea, who has no real platform. It's not realistic, like what free, you know, manicures and pedicures and uh, yep. free massages, and it goes on and on and on. I don't know what the hell she's talking about. And then I'll go back over to Kathleen Wynne, who the media party will, you know, pump up. And so Doug's got to really watch that uh, if he wants to win this thing. The last week was a disaster. Uh, in terms of the flip-flops, so when we were teasing in the newsroom calling him Fosbury, you know, for the <laughs> Fosbury flop. Now, I don't blame him for it. I mean, I, he's ultimately responsible, Yeah, but uh, he's on to it now. But, I mean, a lot of stuff was happening, and, and luckily he's... Uh, but it, on.
0: And and when you say flip-flops, for example, though, one of the most recent ones was the partial development of the green belt, which he did an immediate uh, flip-flop on. But
2: it, Joe, well, that was a panic. Also, See, that was a panic. Yeah. I want to talk about that. Do we have time to talk about it, green belt? You know what? We probably yeah. don't. But uh,
0: but the thing is, in addition to the flip-flops, it's the double standards. And I want to bring this back to Tanya yeah. Granik-Allen. Like I said, no Tanya Granik-Allen, no Doug Ford as leader of the PC party. It's Christine Elliott, which the, elite, the elites would rather have had. Um, you have a candidate in Carlton, as I mentioned in my monologue, Goldie Gomery, a.k.a. the Persian cat, who has stated um Stephen Harper is a national embarrassment, Christianity is gay, Jesus is worm food, where is Dean French? Where where are all the handlers that are, you know, uh, firing certain candidates? She is this golden child that can't be touched. And what she said, I think, is far more insidious than what Tanya Granick allen said and years same,
2: ago. And same with Andrew Lawton, too. I mean, all of a sudden, now we're into mental illness and we're feeling sorry for what he said. You know, you should be allowed to say something. I mean, I just can't wait for people to say, well... You went on the rebel. Why? Well, you know what, what's that going on? The rebel. I was invited yeah. to go in the the big show, yeah. and then you know all these people like Jonathan Goldsby and that are are tweeting out about that's the shun and shame game. And yeah. so if you're going to cower to that, or your bosses are going to cower to that, then we're going to have no freedom of speech. And that's why Doug should have stuck up for Tanya Granick Allen, yeah, and and shout down some of these people that. And we saw during Patrick Brown's era. That, that really don't belong there, that, that are liberals or whatever. And it's not putting them down as people, uh, but Tanya's a good lady, and Andrew Lawton's a good lady. I don't know uh, the Persian a, a cat. A good
0: man, you mean, unless he's identifying or something I'm else. i I don't know.
2: But again, <laughs> that might, even, never that know, maybe, right? it might <laughs> even help. But uh, but the, you know my point is that we've got to get real here about yeah. stuff and sort of call it for what it is. and. Well let's, well, let's call
0: for what it is, yeah. Joe. And how about this? Why can't Doug Ford grow a spine? It, south of the border, a recent study came out. About 90% of the media coverage of Donald Trump is negative. And yet, what do we see? His popularity going up, jobs being created on a daily basis, unemployment. North Korea giving lows. up
2: his nuclear... Yeah. 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 So,
0: results. Why can Donald Trump shrug off these nattering nabobs negativity and Doug Ford or, or his handlers or both... Feel that they are beholden to appeasing these people, because and no matter how much you appease them, they're never going to be
2: uh, on your side. If they win the election, then they're you know basically they're going to say that they were right. Yeah. But winning the election for me is a majority government. Anything short of that is a loss. Yeah. The reason why is they don't they don't like Doug, a eh? and the you know the people like Michelle Lansman and people like the they got all the jobs. Yeah. The people that like Doug can't get a call back from Doug. Yeah. Uh, you get any calls back? Nope. I don't get calls back. Ezra, I don't think so. People who like Doug and have worked with Doug don't get calls back. If you're a liberal or you hate Doug or you call his brother a bag of goo, yep. you not only get a call back, but you get a nomination. You may even get in cabinet and maybe set for life. So I, I get it, uh, what your your point is. And that is what party politics has become. Well, it's too and bad. And it's not right.
0: And he should reject it. Because I'll tell you, um, last September... Doug Ford was in the studio, right where you're sitting, uh, Joe. And after the uh, taped interview, he looked around the studio and he said, you know what? He says, this reminds me of the days of Sun News. Remember we had that Ford Nation show? How about we start that again? I thought I was over the moon. I told Ezra. Ezra was delighted. And so I was calling him every week, every two weeks, you know, we're ready to go, we're ready to go. And finally I got the answer. He says, well, the team... This anonymous the team is not so much into it. You know, and that's when I saw the screw team. They, want,
2: they yeah. want Melissa Cartwright, Doug. <laughs> the okay. Cartwright show. When you're back on the show, yeah. instead of being premier, we'll roll back the tape. Come on, man. Yeah. You want to be premier, you gotta be your own man. And you gotta you gotta weed out whoever shouldn't be there, keep the people that are there, and talk directly to the people and say, look it, I'm a small counselor from you know word two my brother was the mayor. we're gonna go and help you. We're not gonna steal your money yeah. we're gonna you know we'll get the, the smartest people to help you with all these different things. But we're not going to have special interest groups running everything. Yeah. That's it. And then, he, and then he's the premier, and we get the province straightened around.
0: Joe, we could go on forever. Last question. I think the removal of Tanya Granik-Allen uh, was incredibly damaging in terms of- and I, I hear spoke it's up to, to 10%. Well, I spoke to every social conservative on Monday outside that uh, City TV uh, studio was saying they're not voting PC anymore. So I don't think I'm a statistical anomaly. I don't know what the critical mass is. I'm going to ask you, I I know a month is an eternity in politics, and we're uh, almost a month away from June 7th, but what do you see happening? I'm kind of getting a 1990 vibe of the NDP going up the middle and grabbing maybe a minority government. What do you think?
2: No, because uh, I think that that they're trying to present that like they did with Mulcair in Ottawa, that he's winning, and Mm -hmm. the plan is to take Doug out, and they'll do it internally, externally and then have that support that was supposed to go to Andrea.
0: And if Andrea So what you're saying is they're using the critical mass of Ford Nation to to get him elected and then the knives come out later? Is that what
2: No, you're saying? I'm saying that it'll be, a lot of the support will go this is the plan they have okay. to go back to Kathleen Wynne since, you know, Doug is really nothing more than a liberal anyway, plus he's got the latest bombshell that they've dropped on him, the the dirty game. The only way they can really beat him. Yeah. And then, you know, assuming that Andrea Horwath doesn't show that she can be premier. She may she'll have the baton for a while and she'll be test driven and maybe she's good for good for it, like Bob Ray was. Yeah. You know, Bob Ray had been around a long time in 1990. I remember I covered that election. I was in the Sioux Star in those days. And I remember, you know, people like Bob Ray a lot. Now people like Andrea Horwath a lot. Yeah. Uh so you never know. Your your theory might be right. But if you look really at The NDP, I think in light of the fact that we had the Bob Ray government and we've been through that experiment and Alberta and other places, B.C. have been through it. So I think that it's really, for me, I believe, is between Doug and Kathleen Wynne. If Doug can hang on, get rid of the people that don't want him to do it and talk directly to Ontario, he'll be the next premier. If he doesn't, he's going to be back on this show and maybe they'll do a Ford... Show right here. Well,
0: we're going to have to wrap it there. All I'm going to say, Joe, is that given the economic damage these win Liberals have done to this province, it makes the Bob Ray New Democrats look like fiscal conservatives. And I'm only half joking. But listen, thanks so much for I, coming I, in.
2: I just want to say yeah. it's good to be here. And I haven't given up on Doug Ford. I know that you, you have. But he, there is a month of the campaign to go. Yep. And don't forget that in the fullness of that month, you got to give him a chance, and you got to give all the candidates a chance.
0: Well, didn't give a chance to Tanya Granik-Allen, and Tanya Granik-Allen is the reason he has a chance, and loyalty... That's why
2: he's Ezra Levant, right there. That was a good comeback. <laughs> if only.
0: Anyways, thank you so much, Joe. And up next, folks, who is replacing Tanya Granik-Allen, and does she have any skeletons in her closet? That's after the break. Well, with Tanya Granick allen out as progressive conservative candidate for Mississauga Centre, who is replacing her? That would be runner-up Natalia Kusendova, who finished a distant second to Tanya at the nomination meeting. But does Miss Kusendova have a skeleton in her closet too? Well, I interviewed uh, Kusendova at last month's nomination meeting in Mississauga. She's a registered nurse who supposedly brings an insider's viewpoint to Ontario's sickly healthcare care system. So I asked her, how would she fix our broken health care system?
1: Well, as a registered nurse, I see every day the overcrowding, the hallway medicine, and the unacceptably long wait times uh, in the emergency rooms. And I think there are some solutions that a strong progressive conservative government can offer uh, to Ontarians to, uh, to solve these issues. Uh, th- those are not the standards of care we expect in our beautiful country of Canada. You know, we are known uh, around the world um, for our universal health care system. But when we go to hospitals today, I don't, I'm not sure if that standard is reflected
0: Mm. regardless we now seem to reside in an age in which any perceived sins of the past result in automatic disqualification in the present so what about Kusundova's past well here's something turns out she posed scantily clad in lingerie as a toronto sun sunshine girl now personally i have absolutely no problem with natalia's pin-up girl past But what about those nattering nabobs of political correctness on the left? Will we again witness Doug Ford's inner circle of advisors displaying their usual strength of linguine that's been boiled for three hours, capitulate and toss Natalia under the bus too? (laughs) Well, we'll see. And if you think this is a stretch, folks, Consider what happened to the NDP's Peter Cormos way back in 1991 1991, when the virus of political correctness was still in its infancy. Cormos posed as a Toronto Sun sunshine boy. He was fully clothed, by the way, not clad in his underwear. Premier Bob Ray asked for his resignation, and when Cormos refused, Ray fired him from cabinet. Because apparently, whether you're a bimbo or a himbo, these are not values the left tends to embrace so when the usual suspects come calling for Kusendova's head as they manufacture yet another so-called scandal let's see how doug ford handles this file and to think people once said ontario politics were boring hey with every passing day this realm is more intriguing than an entire season of game of thrones